0: Welcome to Crucial Foundations, a program that seeks the foundational truths found in Scripture for every generation.
1: Hi there, I'm Gable.
0: And I'm Larry. We are teachers in the Charlottesville, Virginia area. Let us open our Bibles today to seek those timely truths found in God's Word. Welcome to Crucial Foundations. We've been examining justice, oppression, and the character of God. You talk about how do we deal with people, people that have done us wrong or people who say we've done them wrong. I am so glad that God has spoken on this topic. God gives me purpose and identity when I trust in him and not try to be on his throne and be to try to somehow think I can take God's place and and, and think I can read minds and make accusations. No, no, no. Lord says there's a place and a path that we take when evil is done and how I deal with others the foundation again as a review of our last podcast is found in Ezekiel eighteen twenty: the soul who sins shall die the son shall not bear the guilt of the father nor will the father bear the guilt of the son the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself but if a wicked man turns from his sins which he has committed keeps all my statutes and does what is lawful and right he shall surely live he shall not die what we find here is that we're judged by indivi- as individuals. What another person doesn't think doesn't have an effect upon me. I'm to stand on my own. And guess what? I can also change. Mm-hmm. We're dealing with a worldly philosophy today. Says so that If I'm in the wrong group, my voice is, 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 is no good for the rest of my life. Right. And that I just need to be kept under some kind of control by either a dictatorship or some oppressive system. But we talk about justice, we know what justice is like. If somebody talks about us and we feel like they've been, been wrong about that, we would ask them, why didn't you come and talk to me? Proverbs eighteen seventeen: the first one to plead his cause seems right until his neighbor comes and examines him. Even the, the, the ungodly Romans had a good law about this. Romans 25 and verse 16, to them I answered, is it not the custom of the Romans to deliver any man to destruction before the accused meets the accusers face to face and has an opportunity to answer for himself concerning the charge against him. We understand fairness. It's not fair for people to judge me on the basis of things that I've neither thought nor done. And our God is perfectly just. And so now we're going to begin talking about a little more specificity here about a philosophy that is being taught, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. in almost every university, almost every major government institution, and almost every major corporation now is pushing a system where men are judged by group identity. Let's introduce that, and then we're going to go back to the Bible and talk about how we should be thinking and not give in to this political philosophy that's being pushed upon us.
1: We talked about this briefly last episode, but yeah, we're going to try to flesh this out uh, a whole lot more. But it's this idea of judging people in groups, judging them through group identity. Um, As you alluded to, it's taught in a lot of universities. It's taught in a lot of spaces like that. Um, My background is in history. Um, I studied history for six years, uh, undergraduate and graduate level. And as you kind of work your way up and up and up um, into uh, some of the more political or politically charged thoughts. That is uh, what so many are trying to do. They're trying to reshape history. They're trying to rework it um, into this idea of, well, if you're in this certain group, then you have uh, a certain guilt that you should hold because you are of a certain race, because you are of a certain background and whatever it might be, because you look a certain way. Um, When others assign us to a group, they're either going to declare you're one of the good ones or you're one of the bad ones. Again, based upon their own interpretation of history of that group, not about what the facts say necessarily, but about what they think about them. Uh, When I think of this um this mentality. This is not exactly the application, but I think this is some of that. If you go over to John 1 when Jesus was first revealing himself uh, as he was entering into his ministry, he was uh, choosing disciples, the, the chosen 12, and one of those that eventually came around was Nathaniel. And Philip came to Nathaniel and told him that he had found he had found the Messiah. He was doing all these wonderful things, miracles and these great teachings. And Nathaniel said, "Can anything good come out of Nazareth?" As if to say, if you know where Nazareth is, um, it's it's kind of this backwater, uh, podunk town that nobody nobody considered uh, anything great to come out of this town. And in fact, if you knew Jesus, he was a son of a carpenter, so he wasn't coming from uh, you know great universities, great schools of thought. Uh, and so Nathaniel asks that question he says i know nazareth i've known many nazarenes you're telling me that the messiah is coming out of nazareth that's impossible that can't and and of course what philip says there is is fantastic come and see come and see for yourself um it's one thing for me to i I am an eyewitness but here you can come and see this for yourself and that was uh certainly the turning point for nathaniel there uh you know there there may be or i may be declared guilty of things that maybe i haven't even thought or done uh this has happened i've i've heard stories over the years of um you know people that gossip they talk about these things did you hear this about so and so did you hear this about so and so and be like has anybody actually gone and talked to this person like you're you're hearing this from all these different people but I I haven't heard their story and you go to that person and they say, I know where they're coming from. It's not true. I can, you you can go to this person, this person, this person, and they'll tell you that's not true. Um, And you get to the bottom of it. And at the end of the day, some people don't wanna get to the bottom of it. They just like to gossip. They um, They like to feel good about themselves again by placing people in groups, by making accusations. When purpose is found in false accusation and an ongoing rage and anger, I have turned back to this world. Again, we're Christians. We ought to be of the mind of Christ. Don't draw back to that mentality. Um, This thinking will lead you to dark, dark, dark places. Turn over to Titus uh, chapter 3. Titus chapter 3 and verse 3. Very briefly, I want to go back to verse three. That idea of passing our days in malice and envy, our thoughts were on it on them continually. That's that's all we wanted. But verse four, we have found the goodness and the loving kindness of God through our Savior Jesus Christ. So don't go back to what we knew before, because that is that is nothing compared to what we have in Christ, uh, and we need to hold on to that. As a kid, as a child. Uh, I think we can all identify with this. We love to play the victim. We love uh, when others feel sorry for us. When we get what we want, we might accuse our brother or our sister of something and they say, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. Don't tell mom and dad. Um, But we, we want them to get in trouble. Uh, Maybe even if we're, we're the, we're we're the guilty party, but we'll cry and we'll get all emotional and uh, because we want punishment uh, against someone and we need to not again go back to that mentality but to be mature about these things to be thoughtful about these things to have the mind of christ one of the great challenges we face
0: is people accusing us If you're going to be a christian you just might as well understand there are going to be a lot of occasions where people will think of things about you they'll they'll accuse you to other people Sometimes you'll hear about it and sometimes you won't. Sometimes you hear about it second or third hand, maybe a long time after these accusations Mm -hmm. spread. It is really, really important for us not to become like the world. Satan loves injustice because here's an innocent person. He's accused of something by an angry, bitter person. And rather than respond to it God's way, he starts doing the very same thing to that other person and he becomes an angry, bitter person. In this case, Satan wins both, but not for the child of God. Look at Psalms 109. Here is a great chapter about how God can protect our hearts. We, when we start trying to take the place of God and want to seek vengeance and pursue that for years, it'll destroy us from the inside out. Psalms 109 and verse 2. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful have opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue they have also surrounded me with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause in return for my love they are my accusers let's just stop for a moment what do you do you've been good to them you've been kind to them you care about them And they're attacking you. They're lying about you. They're trying to destroy your reputation. What steps should you take, Christian? Notice he says one more time in verse four in return for my love, they are my accusers. Notice, but I give myself to prayer, not I give myself to vengeance. I give myself to some just cause where I'm going to try to convince everybody I'm right. You first turn to God. I give myself to prayer. Thus, they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. Now, I want to ask, Gable, is that weakness? Is it weakness when you pray for the one who's hurt you and you don't return evil for evil? Paul tells us, God tells us, Jesus' example tells us, there are times you can turn the other cheek. Yes. You don't want to be overcome <laughs> By evil. And I will tell you, this is one of the greatest ways you can testify what Christ means to you. People will see in a hurry when you don't get all caught up in anger and bitterness and start reacting emotionally to false accusations. They'll begin, they may be able to see Christ in you and me. Another passage, 1 Peter 3 8. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another, love as brothers, be tender hearted, be courteous. Verse 9, not returning evil for, for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing. Knowing, now listen to this, that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. You're talking about following the Lord. We're called to be followers of the Lord. There was an illustration I heard years ago, Gable, about a man that was going door to door, inviting people to a church service. And he woke up an old bitter man that was drunk and he saw these people with a Bible and heard him talking about God. And he just reared back and spit in the face Mm -hmm. of one of the men that was inviting them. And the man was stunned. He took a step back, he wiped the spittle off his face, and he gave a response that I wished I would give. I'm not sure I would give this response. I hope I would. But he took the spittle off his face and looked back at the man and says, I want to thank you. Because I understood they spit upon my Lord as well, and I'm not better than he. That was a good response. Mm. When you respond good for evil, blessing for cursing, you are fulfilling your calling, Christian to be like the Lord go back to Psalms 109 now let me tell you why we don't do this why we don't return evil for evil the worst thing you could ever happen in your life is for your heart to be poisoned yeah. bitterness is like a cancer and it doesn't just start with a little bit and stay a little bit it grows and eventually consumes your whole heart in darkness listen to this verse carefully Psalms 109 verse 16. He's talking about this unmerciful person that you showed mercy to, this unmerciful person who lied about you and made accusations against you, that that he, he became your enemy without a cause. Notice what happens to him. Because he did not remember to show mercy, but persecuted the poor and needy man, that he might even slay the broken in heart. As he loved cursing, so let it come to him. As he did not delight in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing as with his garment, listen to this, so let it enter his body like water and like oil into his bones. When you let bitterness come in and that becomes the foundation of your life, you are going to be one miserable, angry person. And eventually you'll destroy every relationship you have. And you'll be pulled into this withdrawal pit of darkness. And that's why you find warnings in the scripture, like 1 John 3:15. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him.
1: The next thing we want to talk about is uh, really some more specifics of what our culture is doing in this uh, in this area of group accusation uh, and those sorts of things. And so we want to we want to evaluate how do we resist that culture? How do we resist uh, endless accusations and anger uh, in us doing those things? This culture has a lot of ammo. And that ammo manifests itself uh, in by way of seeking charges to attack another. Now, a lot of times those accusations, seeking charges to attack another, are not even true. Uh, of course, we've already talked about the trial of Jesus. I even think back to the Old Testament. Uh, you, you remember a, a, a certain landowner who had a vineyard and there was a king king ahab who wanted that vineyard and he threw a hissy fit because naboth the owner of that vineyard said that he couldn't have it and so what did ahab's wife jezebel do she went through this whole process of bringing false witnesses and uh, going through what seemed to be justice but was in fact injustice and naboth was killed over that Uh, and so that they sought charges but of course they were not true Bringing this again to uh, the New Testament in Luke chapter 6 in verse 7. And the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, that is Jesus, to see whether w- whether he would heal on the Sabbath so that they might find a reason to accuse him. Uh, also in Mark chapter 3 in verse 2. And they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. So we see this throughout Uh, really all of the Gospels, where the Pharisees, the Jewish leaders are always waiting in the wings. Jesus, of course, was sinless. He never committed a sin, but they were going to find something (laughs) that they could, even if it was uh, very faulty and it wasn't based at all, they were going to find something in order to convict Jesus uh, of something that was worthy of death. But of course, it wasn't even to that extent. But if you want something bad enough, as the Pharisees did, Jewish leaders did, you're going to you're going to go after it with every fiber of your being. And you're going to find it Uh, when on the opposite of that, when we love justice, uh, when we love mercy, that's going to be rejected by those of the world. And it's they're going to they're going to move that to the side. They don't care about love. They don't care about justice or mercy. And so they're going to believe anything. Again, you go to Matthew 23. In verse 23, Jesus rebukes those Jewish leaders here. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. These you ought to have done without neglecting the others. So what Jesus is saying here is it's all well and good that you do uh, some of these things of the law. But while you're, you're, you're focused on the mechanics of the law, you've forgotten what the law is all about to begin with. Justice and mercy and faithfulness. And they, they had thrown those things to the side. Uh, they did not care about those things as they ought to have. You go over to 2 Thessalonians uh, chapter 2. In verse 11, therefore, God sends them a strong delusion so that they may believe what is false. So, again, it's this idea of they threw out If you go in the context of this chapter, uh, they refused to love the truth. They refused those aspects of faithfulness and mercy. And so God said, made major choice. And he allows us to make those choices as much as it pains him. He allows us to go down the path uh, that he would not have us go down. Uh, and so he gives us over to those passions. One of the ways in which this comes in more, we can all identify with this, our families. When our families, perhaps perhaps our families are the ones being accused, and then we want to lash out in anger against those that are accusing Or maybe it's the opposite of that, where our family gets caught up in uh, accusing others uh, and it's like, well, it's that that's my family. I I need to stand with them. Uh, And it can be so easy for us to do that. But we have to we have to evaluate what is true and what is right and maybe even correct them if it comes to it. Uh, But these are these are difficult things, but we have to we have to be of the mind of Christ.
0: You know, one of the reasons why people make accusations against us, now you get this, it's going to sound weird, but it's very true, because they've already made accusations against us. Do you know when somebody makes a false accusation, it is easier then when they almost realize they don't have the evidence for that, then they start searching for more and they want to throw more things at you. Get this, somebody has mistreated you and because they have mistreated you, not you, them, they want to mistreat you more because they don't want to be wrong. Mm -hmm. there is that irrational aspect and then you get group action in this you're going to stand with your buddies your buddies mad at this person i'm going to be mad at this person they're going to accuse this person you're going to accuse this person and you have entered fully the realm of satan when you do that Mm. we've got to be very careful about how we use our tongues this culture is very quick to accuse in jude 9 this ought to sober us when we fear god we are very careful of how we use our tongue and even what, we go, what goes into our thoughts. And Jude 9, if you want to find somebody, Gable, I think we could be pretty safe with in making accusations against, and that would be <laughs> Satan. Yeah. You're not going to find anybody more evil yes. in anywhere in this history of people in this world than Satan. But listen to this. If you may think somebody's evil, therefore it's just open season on them, you're wrong. Even with Satan, you have to be righteous in what you say about him. And Jude 9, yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him, that's Satan, a reviling accusation, but said the Lord rebuke him. There's an old song in the 60s, men rush in where angels fear to tread. And so it is with us sometimes in being quick to accuse. That is a huge mistake. We've talked already about principles of accusation, but there's one great chapter in Deuteronomy 19 where someone had been killed by another person. And it's possible for that person had been killed by accident and there was no injustice in that. But in verse 6, he talks, there's the, the danger of somebody. It says, lest the avenger of blood, while his anger is hot, pursue the manslayer and overtake him, because the way is long and kill him, though he was not deserving of death, since he had not hated the victim in time past. Oh, you can become angry, and in that angry, act unjustly. And God had a cities of refuge where the avenger of blood couldn't take that vengeance until a hearing took place in verse 18 and the judges shall make careful inquiry and indeed if the witness is a false witness who has testified falsely against his brother then you shall do to him as he thought to have done to his brother so you shall not put away the e- so you shall put away the evil from among you And those who remain shall hear and fear and hereafter, they shall not again commit such evil against you. And so it's very interesting here, justice. Don't be quick to accuse. Mm -hmm. You know, it's fascinating. John 18 is a very interesting passage where basically... Um, the Jewish leaders are coming to Pilate, I mean, and say, Look, we're we, going we to kill Jesus. He's guilty of sin. So Pilate says, Okay, what has he done? And they were indignant at this. Like, don't you know who we are? We represent the people of God. We as a group are the elite. We just need to say he's guilty, and you just ought to accept it. Mm-hmm. John 18 29, Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? And they answered and said to him, if he were not an evildoer, we would not have delivered him up to you. In other words, we don't need evidence. Mm -hmm. We're the superior people of God. And they actually were the people of Satan, pretending to be the people of God. Mm -hmm. Let that not be us, brethren. Be slow to speak. Be careful. Be righteous.
1: Again, what so much of this culture um, is ready to do. And wants to do is incite mob mentality. Uh, This was, of course, what was done against Christ. Uh, Again, we've we've brought that out. Moses, um, in Exodus chapter 23, through God, said this, Exodus 23 and verse 1, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man to be a malicious witness. You shall not fall in with the many to do evil, nor shall you bear false witness or bear witness in a lawsuit siding with the many so as to pervert justice. Uh, we have to be so careful before jumping into a matter. And there's going to be so many screaming of we need to do something about this. Have you, have you seen this? And of course, with social media today, I'll talk about this a little, little bit more in a minute, uh, but with social media, we get so much more than we ever have about injustice being done in the world. And we get to see something that's happening halfway across the world that we wouldn't have otherwise. And people say, we got to do something about this. Well, for one, what are you doing in your own home? Are you making sure that your own home has justice, that you are taking care of your own home and making sure things are being done there? But Also, with this, even if legitimate problems are raised, and maybe maybe things uh, become clearer and clearer as justice is being uh, as it is being processed, Satan's goal is still the same, and his goal is to not only destroy the enemy, but to enslave uh, the "quote unquote" victor, the one who is accusing. He's going to conquer both. I think we talked about this last episode as well. The consequences are the same, no matter what the outcome might be. Uh, I'll draw this out one more time in uh, Jesus's trial in Matthew 26 uh, in verse 59. Now the chief priests, the elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said to him, do you answer nothing? What is it these men testify against you? But Jesus kept silent. Even with all of the testimony, the false testimony, uh, the outcome was uh, that they found Jesus to be guilty. on such faulty matters we have to be so careful in what we say the book of proverbs psalms ecclesiastes talks about all of these things again in our in our culture today we need to be so careful brethren about what we get involved in on social media maybe even if it gets so toxic and we get so addicted to this mentality of Uh, blaming others and throwing out accusations. Just get rid of it altogether. Maybe even get rid of your, your phone. It is so easy to be a part of these things. If you go over to Proverbs chapter 10 in verse 18, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips and whoever utters slander is a fool. Also in uh, Exodus 23 and verse 1, you shall not spread a false report. You shall not join hands with a wicked man uh, to be a false witness, a passage that we already brought up there. If you find yourself coming to some sort of news story or maybe an accusation against a brethren, you say, well, I don't know if this is true. If you start a sentence that way, don't post it. <laughs> don't post it. You need to, You need to do some more investigating. You need to ask some questions. Go to that person who's been accused and and try to get to the bottom of it as best you can. Maybe you won't ever get to the bottom of it. If that's the case, leave it be. Walk away from it uh, and don't get involved in that. Uh, One more passage uh, that we'll look at, Luke chapter nine uh, in verse 54. Luke nine in verse 54. Um, Again, talking about, Uh, some of the ministry of Jesus here. And of course, this is who we're wanting to emulate. Luke 9, 54 and 55. When his disciples, uh, James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us uh, to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. Of course, we already brought that passage up earlier. But again, it's that mentality of we're so quick to judge. We're so quick to make an accusation. And uh, and James and John thought they knew what was right, but Jesus said, no, no, <laughs> you are wrong in this matter. This is not the spirit you need to be of. Um, and so, of course, all of this is, is contrary, this mob, mob mentality, taking mob action is, is not what we ought to be caught up in as Christians.
0: It's interesting we talk about news stories. Could I tell you right now, you probably don't know anything if it's a news story. Mm-hmm. You're probably never going to be in the position of the facts. I'm not saying we cannot know, but we're living in a time where uh if, you, if you've reported on major networks, you don't know nothing. I'm sorry to say that, but let's be very careful there not to be manipulated. But let's talk about on the other hand. What about if we react with giving good for evil? What if we just Go ahead and live a joyful, abundant life when people are accusing us. When I was in high school, I was not a Christian. And I really indirectly resented people that didn't do the things I was doing, the evil. I remember one young man in in the high school band. He was a drummer. And he was a nice guy. I kind of avoided him because I really thought he was Mr. Goody Goody. And he, he was just a good guy. He wasn't doing anything wrong. But later, when I started becoming serious about serving God, let me tell you, I ended up first place. I decided to visit when I decided to try to find a church. I visited his church. He didn't know about it. He had no idea. He had an influence on me. In 1 Peter chapter two, verse eleven, the Bible says, "Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles when they speak against you as evildoers." They may, by your good works, which they observe, notice this, glorify God in the day of visitation. So the day of visitation judgment day. Maybe the day of visitation may be an opportunity for when their heart is opened and they begin to see this is what I want to be. Even though I showed and I, I, I didn't act right for this young man, inwardly I respected him. I know that sounds crazy, but I actually admired him at the same time while treating him poorly remember that christian and even when people do treat you wrong and you don't see justice in this life understand god can use those things to make us realize what's important suffering can be a great builder Mm -hmm. i don't know i guess over the years i i just kind of accept that i'm going to be looked down upon by most people I, i i don't think that's a bad thing for me i don't feel bad toward those others But some people talk about me identifying with oppressed groups. I'm going, well, yeah, I've kind of always done that. And sometimes people want to put me in a group. Says, you're in this group based on your skin color. I said, well, they look down on me too. Why are you putting me in that group? Uh, Romans 5.3. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. People looking down on me helps me realize the love of God, the justice of God, and how I don't want to be like those people treating me. I don't want to become like them. I love them. I want them to become like the Lord. I don't look up, I don't say this in superiority, but I, I want to be able to build and not tear down in my life. Philippians 129, one of the gifts of God is suffering. Notice, for to you it has been granted. In other words, it's a gift. For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in Him, but also to suffer for His sake. It's a great blessing to suffer. And that's one thing I remember in some of the small churches I was a part of, and even maybe considered a little church here, with some, some people look down on us. That doesn't bother me at all. I just think they just don't know who we are and they don't know the Lord. We may be rejected by the world, but there's something great about knowing God and knowing who you are. We may not have the possessions others have. We may not have the political standing others have. That's okay, those things don't matter. Hebrews 10, 32. But I recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, And partly why you became companions of those who were so treated. For you had compassion on me and my chains. Now notice this. And joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods. How in the world can somebody do that? Notice what. They see the unseen. They understand this life is more than the here and now. Knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. My brethren, it's not our job to inflict justice on the unjust. Do I need to tell you that one more time? That's not our job. Mm -hmm. If that was our job and we were persecuted as Christians, we'd be consumed. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to those who've taken things from me, who've lied about me. And the Lord says, no, 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 no. I'll take care of that. You be calm. You be joyful. You show a purpose in your life. And you know what? and suffering may be one of the greatest opportunities we'll ever have to show what Jesus means to us.
1: A couple of final thoughts along those lines, Uh, just bringing this again to the culture. The culture talks so much about what is your identity? Who who do you identify with? What do you identify with? Romans chapter 8 and verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is is to be revealed to us. Down to verse 34, or 35 rather, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. When You identify with Christ. And when you have the hope that is ahead of you, all of these things, accusations, slander that's being done against you. That's nothing. It means nothing. Just look at our Savior and look what he endured. Look at what he uh, went through for us. When we truly come to know God, when we know his character, when we know what he wants for us, and when we trust in him, then we can overcome so much. I'll leave you with one final passage, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. Again, this is Moses, and Moses, I think, being a, a type or a foreshadowing of what was to come through Christ. By faith, Moses, when he was full grown, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Again, talking about seeing the unseen. Moses had something else in mind. He has so many distractions around him with the riches of the palace and with uh, the position that he was in being in the household of Pharaoh. But he considered that as nothing, as rubbish, as garbage, because he came to know God. He came to trust God, and he knew what God wanted for him. Again, hope these things have been helpful to you. They've been an encouragement to you, and hope that these things help you in our current culture as Our culture throws so many things in our face as what we should believe, what we should do. Look at what God has said, and let's be more like Christ. Again, if you have questions, if you have comments, please feel feel free to reach out to us at the email and the contact info provided. We would be happy uh, to look at those and to get back with you uh, as soon as we can. Hope that you'll join us next time as we lay another stone in the foundation of truth that God has given us. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast to be helpful or encouraging, please consider following and subscribing, or leave a rating or a review. If you have questions about anything from the episode or any other Bible questions, you can reach out to us at ncvchurch at gmail.com. We hope that you'll join us next time as we lay another stone in the foundation of truth that God has given us. God bless you.